Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo. Welcome back, Dr. Rambo. A quick question, is, is has that smoke dissipated? I know a couple of weeks ago we had that podcast. I just kind of wanted to see where you were today. Yeah, thankfully our weather has cleared up. I understand those maybe a little north of us are probably still experiencing some of that. Yeah, no, that was, yeah, not fun to deal with, but it was a very good topic, uh, air quality, and, and I hope the listeners really got something out of that. Now, today, this one's interesting because I do have history of using hay cubes, but we're going to talk about hay cubes and hay pellets. I guess just to start off is if we can just give a brief overview, we're going to get more into the weeds, well, hopefully no weeds in them, but we're going to get more into the specifics of what hay cubes are, what hay pellets are, but where do these, in a broad sense, fit in somebody's dietary plan for their horses? I would say where they fit in and where they are in thought they fit in are, are sometimes two different things. Ultimately, hay cubes, hay pellets, pound for pound replacement for long stem hay. Now, sometimes they might be a little better quality than the hay you're feeding. Sometimes they might be a little lower quality than the hay that you're feeding, but pretty much they represent kind of an average quality hay. And then we can feed them supplementally, so a little bit extra for various reasons, or we can feed them as the entire forage diet of the horse as well. Well, and I think we'll get more into it a little bit later on, especially there's certain situations where I think these can be used well. Now, I guess to describe, we'll start with the hay cubes first. You know, how are they made? What do they look like? How do you feed them? Yeah, so hay cubes and hay pellets are the entire bale of hay that is further processed. Just how they are processed in their final form varies a little bit. You can see these in both cases made out of any variety of hay. A lot of it tends to be alfalfa. There's a lot of alfalfa grown out west, and there's a high demand for that, particularly if you live in a place where alfalfa is not readily available to you. But you will see timothy, orchard grass. So those are the main ones. You can also see some other specialty types of grass forage incorporated into cubes or pellets as well, though. So hay cubes are chopped into generally about an inch long but it can vary stems and it includes the leaf and stem but it it remains long stem fiber so it is chopped up it is heat processed it is forced into a literal cube shape and then it goes through a process to pull the moisture back out so you end up with a dry cube of hay at the end of that process which then can be sold in bags totes or by the truckload and I'm, mm. i've seen it done a variety of different ways size wise they're anywhere from half an inch to several inches in diameter i'd mm. say a lot of them are probably around one inch how tightly they're packed depends on the manufacturer so some of them are like little bricks some of them are a little fluffier but all of them are very very dry they have to be so they don't mold and as the name implied, made into a cube shape. The big differentiator between your cubes and your pellets is cubes are still long stem fiber because they're not ground up fine the way that your cube or your pellets are. Now, cubes. Now, 
where hay pellets fit in, and and and, I, and I'm going to be interested to hear your opinion on this. But the totally different processing, right? Like this is when I did a little bit of the research on it on hay pellets and how they're made. It's almost like a concentrated feed. <laughs> yeah, they they really are made essentially the same mm-hmm. way as your other you know pelleted concentrates. The difference being they are essentially just forage. So you know if, if when I formulate calm and easy, there's lots of stuff in there, mm-hmm. vitamins, minerals, et cetera. Hay pellets are going to be just the ground up hay, whatever variety that is. Sometimes a little bit of pellet binder in order to make a good pellet. Generally, they're a little bigger than your standard pellet. So standard pellets, a 1064, it's a fairly small pellet. You can see hay pellets that small. Um, generally, they're a little bit bigger than that. And you'll see them all the way up to the size. Now, this is confusing. There are big pellets we call cubes that have a half inch diameter, mm-hmm. not the same as hay cubes that are long stem fibers. So just, you know, mildly confusing there. Uh, but oftentimes you see hay pellets as like a, I'm going to call it a medium sized pellet. So a little bit bigger than your traditional force feed pellet. Okay. Okay. Now the big question is why or where would you feed these? Because there, I, I know there's a, there's a, a bunch of different situations uh, but what are some of the more common ones that someone would say, okay, I, I want to introduce this to my horse or I need to use this to to feed my horse? Yeah. So sometimes we do it just because it, it makes us feel good, right? Mm-hmm. Feed a little bit makes us happy. Sometimes we have to do it. So starting with those situations where we must feed some sort of replacement forage, and this can be in the form of a cube or a pellet, it would be horses with you know, very poor dentition. So you're really seeing your horses, they just, they can't chew hay anymore. So soaked cubes or soaked pellets would be the only way to get fiber in them outside of a complete feed. When there is some sort of hay outage, a, a drought, fire, for some reason hay is not available, you could feed hay cubes or pellets, again, to meet all of their fiber needs. And sometimes it's done for the convenience of the whole diet in places where hay is very expensive, not as readily available, and maybe it's a show situation where horses are traveling a lot. So I certainly have worked with customers where, again, I mentioned, you know, hay cubes by the truckload. Mm -hmm. That is an option. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And they get truckloads of hay cubes and they feed them as the horse's entire diet. And it also makes easy for them to bring that with them to competitions, particularly if you compete in a, a discipline or at a level where you're gone for weeks and weeks at a time. It, it takes away some of the challenges of sourcing hay at show venues. So those are situations where you might use it for their entire diet. Mm-hmm. There are also situations where maybe we have hay available and either the quantity or the quality isn't such that we feel it isn't So maybe you're in a boarding situation and this is the amount of hay you get and you as a horse owner can supplement, but you can only supplement in a way that is compact, meaning that you can't fill up the hayloft with your own Mm -hmm. bales, but like you could easily bring some quantity of hay cubes or pellets to your horse each day. It may be a situation where I have hay and it's just great. It's real stemmy. We know it's not as digestible as it should be. So we can use some supplemental cubes or pellets to add good quality fiber to their diet that's a little bit more digestible. 
And then sometimes we're using it in situations where maybe we want to get a before we ride. So you could certainly do that with long stem regular hay. But maybe, again, you're boarding and you're limited on what you're allowed to feed. Or you just want something like fun snack-wise. And horses a lot of times like some soaked alfalfa. So you could give that as a little snack about 30 minutes before you ride. So the horse has that nice fiber in their stomach. Or as a carrier, so maybe you're feeding a diet. You know, I generally, my recommendation always leans towards the ration balancers. But if for some reason you just want to do like a, a powder VTM um, and powder supplement, soaked hay cubes or pellets can be a nice carrier for those things. Horses don't really like to eat straight powder, but you could soak up your hay cubes and then hydro powders in that. That's certainly an option as well. Now, I definitely see the benefits, like, you know, when you think about it, traveling and like you said, weeks at a time, and you're going to need a whole nother trailer for all the hay that you're going to need. So, you know, you're looking ahead and, and the headache of, of sourcing hay. So that definitely resonated with me. And then also your senior horses or as an emergency feed during times of drought, for sure. Like it's, yeah, I remember being so desperate in the Southeast uh, years ago and we just could not get hay in and pastures were bone dry. It was, it was scary, you know. Horses were skinny <laughs> during that that drought. But when you, you just kind of brought it up a little bit, and I got you you were talking about the ration balancer to, to to kind of hide medicines, but as I was, you know, doing my homework on this topic, and I was just like, I mean, I, I get where I could see hay cubes, but hay pellets, like, why won't why don't we just feed a complete feed? Because we've advanced so much in processing and feed processing. I'm like, I would just pick it a complete fee because they're getting so many more benefits. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. And there's yeah. certainly a lot of situations where I recommend we do that. So let's say you're in a situation where you're like, I have enough hay. It's just like not great hay. Don't worry. I've been there. But I could feed my regular feed that's a lower fiber feed maybe. Or I could switch to a high fiber feed like Coleman Easy and Senior Sport and not have to add those extra hay pellets. So I always tend towards simplicity in part because yeah, I'm busy Two, like when I, I go in, someone else has to care for my horses, like my non-horsey husband, he doesn't listen to this podcast. So he, <laughs> he won't know I say this. I try to keep it as simple as possible for him. Yeah. And the other component I will say now, maybe you're in a boarding situation and you have no control over that. So they certainly still have a place, hmm. but I think one thing that's, often forgotten is that the horse's stomach is small so in the in the case of hay cubes they tend to graze on them more like a long stem hay mm -hmm. you soak those suckers they get real fluffy it takes some time for the horse to eat them which is good creates saliva which helps buffer the stomach it, it creates that natural experience with them they're less likely to experience boredom if it takes them longer to eat oftentimes i see hay pellets added to a meal soaked or unsoaked and because it's forage i think people disregard that average size horse maximum meal size is five pounds because of the way horses consume hay pellets generally they fit into that it needs to be total meal below five pounds mm -hmm. so i think that's a caution i think the other thing that sometimes happens is that people add them because a horse needs to gain weight and if their hay quality isn't great, maybe that is the right answer. But oftentimes, if we're looking for pound per pound caloric intake efficiency, 
a high fiber, high fat complete feed will be more effective than adding a pound or two of hay pellets. So there are reasons that hay pellets might be appropriate. Again, going back to the boarding barn where I don't have control over hay intake or the type of feed that we're feeding. Or it's a situation where I'm trying to hide some powdered stuff. Mm -hmm. Soaking hay pellets is appropriate. But yeah, I mean, you you could also soak a complete feed and do the same. Yeah. yeah. So I tend to lean towards the simplicity of building my fiber into a concentrate when that is the direction that I am going. Because, yes, hay pellets are fiber. They're not long stem fiber. Mm Mm-hmm. So from that perspective, if I really have to supplement stuff, I want to keep some long stem fiber in the diet, like the situation where there's hay shortage. Cubes would be better if possible in that situation. Yeah, yeah. I just when I, when I think of the pellets and I think, you know, we're talking about dental problems, senior horses, I'm thinking, you know, they could benefit from a complete feed. Omega acids, you know, maybe some glucosamine, chondroitin sulfate. Some of these extra additives that are that are in modern today in 2023 uh, horse feeds versus you know decades ago. So where where I think hay pellets and hay cubes were were more readily available or, or used. When I say hay cubes now, I, in the at the beginning when this topic came up, I was like, oh my goodness, a flashback PTSD flashback for as a horse owner. Uh, one of our polo ponies in Texas fed her some dry hay cubes bolted it and started to choke mm-hmm. and scared the ugh, out of me coming out of her nose. She was choking so bad. The alfa, it was the alfalfa, alfalfa hay cubes. Now I was a young graduate student and I was just helping my friend feed all the polo horses that we had there. How do we prevent that? Because that's the first thing that came to my mind. And I did want to open with that, but you know, these, these, like you said, they're, they're, they're compressed. They're really dry. So how would you suggest feeding hay cubes? And then also, how would you suggest feeding hay pellets? I know some people feed dry hay cubes and do. From a risk management perspective, my recommendation is always to soak them. Good dentition or not. For sure, your senior horse without great dentition needs those hay cubes soaked. But really, again, looking at risk, a horse can choke on anything, right? Horses can choke (laughs) on grass. Yes, But they're certainly at higher risk, even with good dentition, of choking on something as hard, dense, and big as a hay cube. And those take a while to soak down. I mean, they can be very dry and very compact. So certainly my recommendation is to always soak any hay cube for any horse. And that might make it less appealing to feed it. The time it takes, the mess. Some horses don't like soak stuff. Uh, So that that might drive you towards feeding regular hay in a complete feed is a better solution if soaking is really something that fits into your management situation. Pellets, you know, unless they are a smaller pellet, so most of them aren't. And most of them, because of the nature of pelleting straight forage versus some of the other stuff we pellet, they tend to make what we call bullets, which is Mm-hmm. really hard pellets, which is a good thing if you think about it from a pellet quality standpoint, and we tend to have very few fines. It also means that they are more likely to choke on them if they really bolt them. So unless we're talking about, you know, pellets that are very small and most of them are bigger, I still think it's best practice to soak those hay pellets as well, which in certain situations, if we're trying to make some sort of mash, sure, that might be appropriate. 
But again, coming to, you know, we could feed a complete feed that we don't have to soak. That's an option as well. So I would say best practice across the board is to soak these things, which isn't always a realistic management solution. And I know someone is on here listening, be like, I never soak them ever. And, and you're always good until you're not. Yeah. Um, and we and we certainly have the anecdotal data that you give it long enough, a higher percentage of horses are going to choke on that type of ingredient than they would straight hay or a softer pellet, something of that nature. Yeah. And in my story, my the mare was fine, eventually did clear the obstruction, but it was it was really scary. Like it that was the only time I truly saw a horse choke that I thought was gonna die right in front of me. It was oh. it's scary. Yeah. And never again. <laughs> Always so cake cubes anytime, anywhere. Uh, any other tips when it comes to, to to using this in the diet? Or is it just like we, we say in other podcasts? To get a consultation, talk to an equine nutritionist, look at what your situation is, and then this might be something you want to add. Yeah, sure. It's very individual. And I would say if you like doing it and you're feeding a couple pounds of soaked forage each day, your horse is not going to think that's a bad thing. Unless it's a super easy keeper and they're getting too many calories already, you know, soaked soaked hay replacement stuff is never going to be a addition to the diet it just mm. might not be the most efficient addition to the diet and certainly we want to make those precautions that it is soaked you know that it is stored well you know certainly i think everyone's probably aware there was some issues with you know hay cubes that were manufactured and unfortunately carried botulism i mean there's a risk in everything mm -hmm. we feed mm -hmm. horses that would be a risk there so so they're never the wrong answer i don't think if they're fed appropriately they're not always the most economic or the most efficient answer we'll put it that way okay well thank you for that today nicole and you know for our listeners if you don't mind uh, giving us a five-star review on itunes or if you're listening to us on Spotify, if you don't mind scrolling to the top, clicking on the podcast, just submitting a quick five-star review, that would be really great for us. Thank you. It helps our circulation, helps get this information out to other horse owners, you know, making horses' lives better. And again, in our show notes, there's a contact us link for your if you want a free consultation about what you're feeding your horse or horses, uh, please feel free to reach out there. And be sure to check out our, our website, tributeequinenutrition.com. But thank you, Nicole. I know we got a great, exciting topic next week. So I can't wait to, to chat with you again and talk soon. Thanks so much, Chris.